0: Our media. Our secular mainstream media was doing everything they could to provoke Biden into getting in the, into this conflict. Oh, yeah. And the same thing with the uh, European press. We're trying to get NATO more involved. Yeah. You know, if that was a Republican president like Trump or, or Bush, I don't think that would have happened that way. But I'm going, wh- what are they doing?
1: Throwing billions and billions and billions of dollars at it. You know, I, the weaponry, it's, it's amazing. Welcome to the Tipping Point Show. I'm Jimmy Evans. I'm so thankful that you've joined me today. I have Bill Koenig joining me today, and we're going to be talking about Israel, all things Israel. There are so many things happening, and I want you to stay tuned for this. Let me remind you that on September the 16th, we have our Prophecy Conference coming up. It's going to be all day long. We have Rabbi Jonathan Kahn. We have Pastor Ed Young. We have Dr. Tony Evans, myself. Dr. Mark Hitchcock, it's going to be a great day. We want you to be there. Go to endtimes.com and just look there under our conferences and you'll see all the details And we have reserved seating. So go on there. If you're a paid subscriber to endtimes.com, you get a 50% discount. If you're bringing a group of 10 or more from a church or something, you get a 40% discount. So be sure and go on there. We would love to have you come, but we have our seats are filling up. You can see actually on our, on our map there, you can see exactly the seats are full. And those that are filling up, I want you to get a good seat, so be sure and sign up as quickly as you can. I'm very excited today to have Bill Koenig joining me. I've mentioned his book, uh, Eye to Eye, here many times on the show. We're going to be talking about it today on the program here. Bill is a journalist and served as a White House correspondent. He has a news service called Koenig World Watch Daily. His website has constantly updated stories from a large variety of news sources and can be found at watch.org. I read it daily for world news from a biblical and end times perspective. And Bill, it's great to have you with me today. Thank you, Jimmy. God Thank bless you. With you. Well, you you're you have such a passion for Israel. You work on the uh, Israel Prayer Breakfast, right? Absolutely. And so that those go on through the year at different places. Is that right? Yeah,
0: Jerusalem Prayer Breakfast uh, started in 2017. Uh, usually in June, first of June, thereabouts uh, in uh, Jerusalem, and then it's uh, been in Houston, uh, Brasilia, Brazil, St. Louis. Um, you know, Dallas last year. So, yeah, it moves around the world. And what's interesting about the Jerusalem prayer breakfast, it always seems to happen at an important time in the country where it's hosted.
1: I appreciate your passion uh, concerning Israel and Jerusalem, the prayer breakfast. If someone wants to get more information about that, where could they do that?
0: They can go to Google and uh, uh, put in Google a Jerusalem prayer breakfast, Jerusalem. That's the main website. And all that information will uh, be clicked on right there at Google.
1: Well there's a lot going on right now concerning Israel and I've, I've had a lot of people ask me and I was waiting to get you on the show <laughs> so you could so you give the, the right answer you were actually supposed to be in Israel right now right You're there regularly. Um, there are so many things uh, and we were mentioning before the show it's just like a pressure cooker right now Of just from all from all angles there's just so much pressure building on Israel. What do you think when you look at Jerusalem when you look at Israel right now? Where do you think we are prophetically, just your personal opinion? You
0: know, Jimmy, I've been at this for 26 years. Uh, I've seen it ebb and flow over the years, and, uh, you know, right around 2000 was significant. Then with uh, 2001, with the uh, uh, terror events of 9-11, the pressure that was being applied on Israel at the time, uh, Bush, uh, Ariel Sharon was involved, Crown Prince Abdullah, that was an intense time. And then there was a lot of pressure during Obama's uh, two terms right. uh, to, to make peace. John Kerry and uh, Hillary Clinton were very involved in that. And then there was tension in the in the area at that time. <clears throat> but the big the big problem all along, Iran, that's been the, we watch Iran, Jimmy. You know, we watch, uh, obviously watch Iran, we watch Turkey, we watch Russia. But I think uh, that Iran is uh, uh, talking with much bravado right now. They're developing a, a, a nuclear program. They are uh, burying it deeper and deeper in the sands of Iran. And I think it's, uh, you know, they're deploying missiles in Yemen, Iraq, uh, Lebanon, and Syria. Uh, That's more serious than the rockets. I mean, there are 150,000 rockets right now pointed at Israel, but uh, 15,000 missiles in in Lebanon and Syria, that's a concern. So that's, you know, I watch Iran closely, you know. Pastor W. A. Criswell down at First Baptist, you should always say if you want to know where things are standing biblically and prophetically, watch what's happening with Jerusalem, God's time clock. Right. That's what we do, but also Iran is a major, yeah, major player. Absolutely. That we keep a close eye on, prophetic significance.
1: And so you were saying they're they're burying the what 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 Iran is saying is they're going to be able to bury their nuclear facilities in those mountains to where the bunker busters don't work, but you're saying that Israel's got a way around that.
0: Yeah, it was interesting because over the last few years, we've provided Israel a lot of bunker busting bombs, and the purpose of that was to be able to penetrate those facilities that they're building under the ground bearing, you know, their nuclear program or missiles and deployment of missiles, but... Uh, a good friend of mine, your manager, used to be a, a consulate uh, general down in Houston for Israel, and also worked out of the Israeli embassy in uh, Washington. Uh, told me he said we received the bunker-busting bombs, and then we improved them significantly, <laughs> and so we're not concerned. So I think Israel probably knows exactly the depth of those uh, yeah. you know, with their oh, intel, oh. and they'll they'll be prepared for that. But you know. Iran thinks they're going to be able to bury underneath and the bunker busters won't be able to hit them. But um,
1: they'll get there. Well, it's like the Stuxnet virus. Right. They're in all those facilities. They've got moles. Israel has moles in all those facilities. Absolutely. You know that. Yes. Now, so what do you think, Bill? Because it seems to me like, um, you know, when Benny Gantz was the uh, defense minister there in Israel, like two years ago, he said they'll have nuclear weapons in three weeks, you know. And, and I mentioned it here on the show and I think everybody got up in a tizzy. I think I got him up in a tizzy because you know This is the defense minister. Well, there's so much hype and so much rhetoric that goes on However, uh, Iran has been Iran has been at this for a long time. They've defied the world community uh, They have not allowed the scrutiny of the United Nations or the groups involved in that so what do you think timing wise it just doesn't seem to me like israel has a lot of time to wait for they have the missiles they have they have the capability today that they didn't have two years ago to strike israel with a nuclear missile and so what do you think as far as timing is concerned how 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 critical is the timing and do you see israel uh, preemptively bombing iran anytime soon
0: that's a good question, Jimmy. Probably the one that uh, I have the most interest in right now is what is the red line? I remember in the summer of 2016, Russia, Syria, and Iran had troops fairly close to Israel's northern border. Right. And Ambassador Crocker, who had been uh, for us there in Iraq, and Ambassador Jeffers, who had operated out of Syria, said that Israel's really close to The red line being crossed they really felt that summer was a real critical stage especially with that troop movement and and then uh, the word was getting out that uh, that israel was going to do something and then there was a retreat of those soldiers and then things calmed down so there was a defined uh red line at that time and i think there is a definitely a red line in place right now no one's on the world stage, speaks more effectively than Benjamin Netanyahu about the Iranian threat. I was there in Capitol Hill when he spoke to Congress, I think it was 2015, and and warned of the threat of Iran. He knows what the problem is. His challenge previously was to get the defense community to back him, his defense minister and others to back him. And with that said, I uh, I don't I, I do know that probably the reason Netanyahu's back in office is 75 to 80 percent of the Israelis want him to be the prime minister in the time of a conflict with Iran. Right. If he <clears throat> so, what's important is to get the uh, defense industry or defense establishment behind him. Uh, in some ways, they're very concerned about a war with a very significant big country that's also, those are very, very the Persians are very smart people yes, as well. Yes, they are. They are. And I think, Jimmy, uh, I hope it's not a, you know, Israel's gift over the years has been being able, the gift of preemptive strikes, hitting before thought, uh, hitting before known. And I'm concerned in that kind of dynamic between Netanyahu and the dis- defense establishment they might take a hit first and then be forced to respond. So I hope I hope Israel can respond first and not have to do something preemptively. Some of my friends that are also pretty close to the situation are concerned about a Tel Aviv hit and then the uh, fulfillment of Isaiah 17.1 where uh, Damascus will no longer exist as a city. Right. That, I think that's a scenario you probably think, have thought of that as well, Jimmy. I think... Uh, so it really boils down, we're really close to that red line right now. What will happen for for something to cause that red line to be crossed or something, or, or at least a motivation to do something?
1: Well, Jeremiah 49, the, the Elam, it's the prophecy against Elam, southern Iran, where Elam says, I'm going to knock the bow. God says, I'm going to knock the bow out of your hand. I'm going to judge your princes, not the people necessarily. But it's interesting there because it says in southern uh, Iran there, when this happens, there won't be a country in the world where someone from Elam doesn't end up in. In other words, there, it's going to be uh, it's going to be uh, off off limits to humanity after this strike occurs. Well, that's where a lot of their nuclear facilities are, is where a lot of their missile launchers are there. And, I, and, and uh, we've had Bill Salas on the show, and he, he does a lot of this, but it, it makes sense when they had the Chariots of Fire exercise last year with the United States. And they had all their military branches, Israel had all their military branches uh, uh, planning a preemptive strike against Iran, followed by defending their borders. Okay, so you have, you have the Psalm 83 war, you have the, the Jeremiah 49 war against, it's not necessarily a war against Iran, it's a judgment against Elam. But just imagine that Israel bombed southern Iran and the Boucher nuclear facility, the, the missile launchers that are there It became a nuclear waste zone, uh, immediately followed by a regional war, which is Psalm 83. Now, I think Psalm 83 could have been fulfilled in the War of Independence. But Psalm 83 is all the regional uh, actors, including Jordan, including Egypt, and all these. Once the strike happens, they attack, followed by Isaiah 17, 1, the Damascus, and Gog and Magog. So it could happen in about a week.
0: Absolutely, Jimmy, and Bill, Solace and I have been on uh, Jeremiah 49, 35 through 39 for quite a while. Bill's done the most comprehensive teaching on, on that, and that's a prophecy that kind of slipped through. And over the last couple of years, Solace, myself, and a few others have really focused on you as well on that. It's very significant. And I think what's also significant when you look at that scripture is it looks like many people are going to come to know the Lord. Yes during that time of attack. This is another opportunity of uh, the favor of God with the Persians for many of them to come to Jesus. So I think that will, be, it has a very significant uh, uh, event. And uh, like Bill says, it's in the southern part of, yeah. of Iraq, which you mentioned, Jimmy. And I think that uh, that's where Iran will be, I don't think the United States will be part of it, even though the United States and Iran are doing some things Uh, right now, uh, military maneuvers and basically telling Iran back off. uh, It'll probably be Israel. And then obviously the Gog Magog will be Iran once again.
1: Well, Bill said that the people, the believers of Iran are so excited about that happening because they can't wait to go to another part of the world to tell somebody about Jesus. Oh, absolutely. You know, they're oh, passionate. Yeah. There there re- revivals happening in Iran, which is amazing. It One is. of my friends over in Egypt uh, who had the largest uh, church in the Middle East. I said so then they go all over the Middle East. They have sporting events where they evangelize Muslims. And I said, so wait a minute, so you have these sporting events, you talk about Jesus? He said, oh yeah, very openly. And I said, they don't get mad. He said, not if you have a sporting event. <laughs> he said, they'll, they'll, these men come and anything, they'll have a motorcycle jump in and all this kind oh, of stuff. Oh, that's awesome. And they talk about Jesus. And I said, well, well, where's the easiest place to get people saved? He said, Iran. Because it's the Islamic Republic of Iran and it's horrible and the people hate it. And they're so disillusioned with Islam because of the government there. And so they're looking for something else. And Jesus is appearing to people in the Middle East.
0: That's right. According to Tom Doyle, Tom's a Dallas guy, a Dallas Seminary guy. And uh, Tom and his wife, Joanne, have done tremendous work throughout the Middle East. Tom's written a couple books with Thomas Nelson of exactly that, Jimmy, where Jesus is appearing to people in dreams and even some cases physically. Yes and the and that's you know it's a difficult place to uh, share the gospel and and so no. christ is going directly to them can't
1: it's keep right. jesus out <laughs> no you can't even there <laughs>
0: well
1: let, let's talk about ukraine for just a minute now the the prophecy the ezekiel 37 30, 38 prophecy against uh, gog that's a man okay and then magog the land of gog and then you have meshek Tubal, uh, Persia, Iran. You have Togarma. You know all these places that are in Turkey today. So all these nations are in place. Uh, they're all aligned, you know, philosophically and politically with Russia. Russia is the strongman. So a lot of people, and I have, I have a lot of questions about the Ukraine, and, and Vladimir Putin. Now, my, this is just totally my opinion, but. Uh, I believe if, if the Ezekiel 37 and 38 prophecy is one that is current that's going to happen in the next few years Vladimir Putin's God. I mean you just he, he is. Now if it's later somebody else is going to have to take his place. But he's, he's you know I, I think from a, a friend of mine I was interviewing a friend of mine I'm not going to say his name in Russia a few weeks ago they, they like Putin over there pretty much because they see him as a restraining force of the moral degradation of the West. Right. That's, right. that's a funny thing yeah. to say. No, it's true. But, it, but it's true. Because he doesn't allow a lot of the nonsense that we allow. Nope. But at the same time, he is, he is expansionary. He's tyrannical. He wants to reestablish the former Soviet Union. So, what do you see as an end game for Ukraine? It's, I noticed this morning that, that the drones were attacking Moscow. These attack drones were attacking Moscow. So, what do you see? Do you see an end game here for Putin? Do you see an end game for that war?
0: Yes, that is so interesting because Israel's had a good relationship with Russia, but the war in the Ukraine has actually created tension in that relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, know, one of the top intel guys, Mordecai Kadar in uh, Tel Aviv, said Netanyahu could pick up a phone and be in... Putin's office within 24 hours, almost any time. And if he couldn't meet there, he, he would talk. Right. They had such a good relationship. And then there was some tension during uh, Bennett and Lapide's time in, in office as top leaders of Israel. And so that was a tense moment. And then when the uh, Israel voted with uh, the Ukraine That's right. at the UN, uh, that created a lot of tension uh, between Russia and Israel that had not been there. At that time, Israel had the right to go in and deal with, uh, go in and out of Syria and take out Iran nuclear ship, or yeah. me, uh, missile shipments and military shipments. So uh, I remember the foreign minister said, well, uh, Russian foreign minister says, Israel doesn't have the right to declare sovereignty over the Golan Heights. Yeah, there which, you go. Which Trump was very adamant about that. Right. Israel has that, so they all yeah. of a sudden this tension started developing over. Yeah. And um, Zelensky was asking Israel, "We need, we need your help. We need more sophisticated equipment. We need your intel, and we also need your defense system to be able to counter the Iranian drones that the Russians are now using." Right, and that created additional pressure uh, on Israel. But what happened? It's just amazing how all this is being weaved together. Uh, Iran and uh, Russia are closer now than they have probably ever been militarily. I remember when I was in uh, Jerusalem in November, I talked to a pastor from the the Caucasian Mountains, and he said uh, Russia and Iran are having a lot of uh, behind-the-scenes negotiations on how to cooperate more militarily having to do with the Ukraine uh, and at the same time, Iran would be buying uh, Russian military equipment. So through this Ukraine situation, Russia and Turkey are closer. Yeah. Uh, Russian and, and Iran are closer, and but especially the Iran uh, Turkey I mean, excuse me Iran Russia relationship is uh, is uh, being merged and formed in a way that it hasn't been in the past, and that's obviously Jimmy. Uh, Uh, Beginning of alignment, even further alignment of the Gog, Gog, Magog force.
1: Yeah, and you know, the the natural gas, when you look at Ezekiel 37, and it says you come for booty and plunder when they attack, it says uh, there's two reasons that it's listed there is why the Gog and Magog coalition invades Israel. One is booty and plunder, and the other is to come against a land that was uh, uninhabited and is now inhabited. And in other words, the Russians want the natural gas. 31 trillion cubic feet of natural gas in the Mediterranean, off the Mediterranean Absolutely. Coast. But the Muslims want the land and they want Jerusalem back. That's right. And so you have two separate agendas. You have these, you know, and so it is an Islamic coalition except for Russia. Right. And so Russia has their own interest in that. They also want, obviously, a seaport on the Mediterranean and all right. the riches that come with that there. So the one of the things that I look at, Bill, is uh, Putin has been horribly embarrassed. Um, uh, and so the everyone would have said. And I, I remember when Mitt Romney was running for president, and he was talking about Russia being a major threat. Uh, but they are a regional power. They're not a, the 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 economy of Russia is smaller than the economy of Texas, so they don't have a huge economy. The main thing they have is the Soviet era nuclear weapons. Absolutely. And that's their you know that that's their go-to. They you know threaten to nuke anybody who looks at them. But but Putin has been embarrassed by the conventional war that's being waged in the ukraine and russia's been damaged they've lost i don't know how many soldiers they have lost a bunch and so at the same time that he's been embarrassed here and they've suffered military setbacks he's also suffered economic setbacks because the europeans shut off the gas pipe from russia and the Nord stream pipeline was destroyed and all that so now you have israel making deals with europe to be their supplier they're supplying egypt they're supplying other areas but they supplying. There's a lot of money and a lot of influence there. The Gog and Magog war is heating up. It's going to happen someday. But the Gog and Magog war is heating up. And again, if this is a if this is a a current prophecy that's going to happen in the near future, I think I think Putin's in the right frame of mind.
0: Absolutely. I think when you have uh, Russian leaders talk about their nukes, Medvedev, you know, former president yeah. of Russia. Lavrov alluding to it, yeah. Putin alluding to it. Wow. Why are they mentioning this? And the other thing, uh, Putin's a chess player. Uh, he, he's very strategic. He's a lot weaker than than most people thought. Uh, General Kellogg was on Fox News a couple of months back, and he said basically, Russia's so weak economically, it's like Belarus with nuclear weapons.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, what a, I mean, yeah.
0: I'm sure Russia didn't like hearing that, but yeah. that, he said, "Oh, look, they're they're not much of a threat," but they have. Uh, and I, what was so interesting about the Ukraine, our media, our secular mainstream media was doing everything they could to provoke Biden into getting in the, into this conflict. Oh, yeah. And and same thing with the uh, European press. We're trying to get NATO more involved. Yeah. You know, if that was a Republican president like Trump or, or Bush, I don't think that would have happened that way. But I'm going, what are they doing?
1: throwing billions and billions and billions of dollars at it you know the weaponry it's, it's amazing